Commission. Today's meeting is being live cablecast on SFGov TV and streamed live online at sfgovtv.org slash live. For public comment, members of the public may attend in person or may participate by phone or the web as platform as explained in our agenda document. Uh, Mr. Clerk, can you please explain how the remote public comment will be handled today? Thank you, Madam Chair. Public comment may be available on each item on this agenda. Each member of the public will be allowed three minutes to speak. For those attending in person, opportunities to speak during the public comment period will be made available here in room 400 City Hall. For those attending remotely, public comment period can also be provided via phone call by calling 1-415-655-0001. Again, the phone number is 1-415-655-0001. Access code is 2663. 914-1176. Again, access code 2663-914-1176, followed by the pound sign. Then press pound again to join as an attendee. When your item of interest comes up, press star 3 to raise your hand to be added to the public comment line. Public comment is also available via the WebEx client application. Use the WebEx link on the agenda to connect and press the raised hand button to be added to the public comment line. For detailed instructions on how to interact with the telephone system or WebEx client, please refer to the public comment section of the agenda document for this meeting. Public comment may also be submitted in writing and will be shared with the Commission after this meeting has concluded and will be included as part of the official meeting file. Written comments should be sent to ethics.commission at sfgov.org. Members of the public who attend Commission meetings, including remote attendants, are also expected to behave responsibly and respectfully. During public comment, please address your comments to the Commission as a whole and not to individual members. Persons who engage in name-calling, shouting, interruptions, or other distracting behavior may be excluded from participation. The following behaviors or activities are strictly prohibited during remote participation. Applause or vocal expression of support or opposition. Signs regardless of content or message. Profanity. Threats of physical aggression. The prohibition of, on signs does not, apply to does not apply to clothing, which includes signage pinned to clothing, messages displayed on clothing, pins, hats, or buttons. This provision, supplements, this provision supplements rules and policies adopted by City Hall, the Sheriff's Office, or the Board of Supervisors related to decorum, prohibited conduct or activities, noise, etc., and is not meant to be exhaustive. Thank you, Madam Chair. Commissioners, please verbally indicate your presence by saying aye after your name is called. Aye. Commissioner Flores Fang. Aye. Commissioner Finland. Chair Lee. Aye. Commissioner Sal Salahi. Aye. Madam Chair, with three members present and accounted for, you have a quorum.
right, sir. Please stand by. Your three minutes begins now. Yes, uh, good morning. It's the second time I think I, I uh, show up in front of you. Okay, today it's going to be... Uh, you, you hold this meeting on uh, Bastille Day, so it's interesting since I'm French. But it's just one of these other uh, San Francisco incidents of why I'm here to deliver this message to you here. I've talked to the Board of Supervisors a few times now since February, and uh, late February I stated something which is, okay, hold on, be, pay attention. Basically, I've been ordered, it's beyond my uh, control, huh? by the skies, to change the course of humanity with the precedent here in San Francisco, USA, California. So now it's a process. I explained to you how it works. I'm going to need to talk to the camera here because it concerns everybody. The reasons for being of everything is happiness. So all universes, this is the rules of existence. It's happiness. The only way you can achieve your reason for being, which is happiness, is to focus on an emotional, eternal aspiration that we humans define as beauty. It's an aspiration. If you don't do that, you lose your reason for being, which is happiness. That's it. It's game over. You're out of existence because the rules are implacable. So we must understand, because it's so easy to understand, isn't it? It's very easy to understand. So ethics fits in this concept of achieving your reason for being. But we must focus on beauty. Okay, one thing very absolutely important is technology. Technology, as it is today, cannot help us for, to do that because technology works on a mechanical system that clashes systematically with the emotional aspiration, which is aiming at beauty. It cannot work. So technology today has, has attained a level of convenience that works against us. So it's specific with AI, all these things. Your smartphone works against your happiness. Be aware, okay, last thing, there is nothing you can do against me. It's not possible. The only thing you can do against me is to be extremely unhappy. I'm sorry, guys. I need to fulfill my mission. I have no choice. Okay. Have an excellent day. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, anyone else um, in the queue? Madam Chair, we have one caller in the queue. Please stand by. Welcome, caller. Your three minutes begins now. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I just wanted to say that uh, prior to the previous speaker, I had difficulty hearing you, and I did not hear the queue to um, press star three uh, to, to get in the queue for, for this uh, public comment. Um, however, your, your most recent pronouncement I could hear loudly and clearly, so I hope the problem is solved. I, my name is Winship Hillier, and I have submitted three complaints uh, in the last uh, two months uh, against uh, Brian, uh, or sorry, um, Mr. Colfax, the Director of Health, 
And uh, one of them, I, 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 had, uh, I sent an email uh, after I didn't receive a, a number for the, for the complaint. Um, uh, I sent the email three weeks after um, I filed the complaint on May 12th, uh, and I got an email back from Jeff Sumwalt saying that the number assigned was 23-605. However, I also filed a complaint on June 15th, uh, over a month ago, and uh, three weeks after I filed that, I sent another email <laughs> uh, trying to get the n a number for it, and uh, I have not gotten any response uh, to that email, sent an email to FS SF Ethics. Um, and so I'd like to know what the number is for that complaint. Um, and with respect to 23605, the one I filed on May 12th, I'd like to know whether you have jurisdiction. It's been over two months now, and I'd like to know. Uh, and the most recent complaint was just filed this week. It would be nice if I could get a number for that one, too. Um, back to you, Madam Chair. Okay. Thank you. And I think the staff, uh, a staff member will be reaching out to you for a follow-up later on today. Madam Chair, there's no further callers in the queue. Okay. Public comment for item number two is closed. Let's go to consent calendar. of the Ethics Commission's June 9, 2023 regular meeting. Agenda number four, Acting Executive Director's Report. Number five, proposed amendments to the Statement of Incompatible Activities for the Public Works Department, Public Works Commission, and Sanitation and Streets Commission. And uh, item number six, proposed stipulation, decision, and order in the matter of Granite Morton. Um, do I have a motion to approve this? Okay. I'll move to approve. Seconded. Okay. Motion is moved and seconded. Uh, I just want to add a comment to the Acting Executive Director's report. It is really a nice uh, um, uh, report on the budget being restored. And I want to thank the acting director and the team uh, for the hard work that you have done to make sure that we have uh, the budget resource for the this year and the uh, next year. Uh, this really reflects on the important work that the commission staff uh, has done and will continue to do. So thank you very much. Let's open up for public comment. Oh, I anyway. would just like to, to second that. Um, it's very it's very helpful to have this breakdown and summary and, and to just be consistently kind of uh, apprised of, of the state of things. I'd also like to add um, that it would be helpful if we could um, also receive updates or kind of summaries of how the, um, the legislation that Supervisor Safai um, has introduced is going. Just I think it's very relevant. Especially given what's on the agenda today, um, so if we could have a summary at the next meeting or like within that time, that'd be really helpful for us. Thank you. Let's go to public comment. Um, I see no one in, in the room. Let's go to the queue, please. Madam Chair, we have no callers in the queue. Okay, public comment is closed for uh, consent calendar. Let's take a vote. Please stand by. On the motion to adopt the consent calendar, Commissioner Flores Fang. Aye. Chair Lee. Aye. Commissioner Sal Salahi. Aye. 
Madam Chair, with three votes in the affirmative and zero votes opposed, it's approved unanimously. Okay, let's go to regular calendar agenda item number seven, which is the request for waiver of post-employment restrictions for Joanne Lee. Uh, before we begin, I want to make a full disclosure. While I am not familiar with this um, nonprofit organization, uh, I have been friends with the interim executive director for many years, and I have also uh, have a long um, community working relationship with the organization's uh, vice chair. Uh, we worked on numerous civil rights advocacy uh, issues for many years, and he and I also served on the police commission for a year. So that is my full disclosure. Now let us go to our staff member, Mr. Kenning, to give us an uh, overview of this matter. Uh, thank you, Chair Lee. Um, I'd like to briefly provide some background and introduce the issue regarding Joanne Lee's waiver request. Uh, Joanne Lee is currently the Deputy Director of Programs with the Arts Commission, a position that she's held since 2019. Uh, Ms. Lee has received an employment offer from the Chinatown Media Arts Collaborative, or CMAC, where she would be uh, the executive director of CMAC's new Edge of the Square project. Uh, Lee was made aware of this position in December of last year, applied in January, and participated in several interviews in February and April uh, before being offered the position in April. Uh, Lee is currently seeking a waiver from the commission to allow her to accept this position of the CMAC. Uh, a waiver is necessary because Ms. Lee personally and substantially participated in the award of two grants to CMAC as a city official, the Storm Relief Grant and the NIS uh, Grant, uh, both of which are detailed in the staff memo. Um, the city has a rule in subsection 3.234A3 of the Campaign and Governmental Conduct Code which prohibits officers and employees from being employed by or otherwise receiving compensation from any person or entity that's entered into a contract with the city in the preceding 12 months uh, where the officer or employee was personally and substantially involved in the award of that contract. Uh, in both the Storm Relief Grant and the NIS Grant, uh, Lee was personally and substantially involved in awarding the grants, and those grants uh, have been or will soon be entered into uh, within the last 12 months. Uh, the commission has the authority to waive this prohibition for Ms. Lee only if the commission determines that imposing the restriction would cause extreme hardship for Ms. Lee. Uh, now, neither the code nor commission regulations define extreme hardship, uh, so the commission has flexibility in determining what is an extreme hardship and when it applies. Uh, however, the Ethics Commission regulations do specify things the Commission may consider when determining uh, if imposing this rule would constitute extreme hardship. These factors are the vocation of the individual, the range of employers the individual could work for, the steps the individual has taken to find new employment, uh, and any other factors the Commission deems relevant. As described in the staff memo, the staff recommendation is, uh, not, is to not grant the waiver to Ms. Lee. This is based on a fairly narrow view of extreme hardship that is focused on the factors described in commission regulations. Uh, considering that Ms. Lee is currently employed by the city and has not engaged in a lengthy or exhaustive search for employment, uh, it does not appear that there is uh, an imminent financial hardship associated with her not being able to accept this position with CMAC. Uh, she would also appear to have other options for meaningful rewarding employment through either remaining with the city or pursuing opportunities elsewhere. Um, 
to the larger goals of the Campaign and Governmental Conduct Code, specifically those regarding undue influence or unfair advantage and promoting the idea that government decisions should be and should appear to be made on a fair and impartial basis. Uh, staff largely agrees with Lee and many of the people who have submitted public comment that the uh, risk in that area is minimal. Uh, however, the standard uh, in the code for this rule is not about undue influence or unfair advantage. Uh, it is about the existence of extreme hardship. Uh, and it is up the, to the commission to determine if not awarding the waiver would cause Ms. Lee extreme hardship. Uh, staff would further recommend that if a waiver is granted to Ms. Lee, that it be narrow and only apply to this position with CMAC and not be able to be used for any other potential prohibited employers or positions. Uh, thank you, and I'm happy to answer any questions. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Kenny. And let's see if Ms. Lee is present and if she wants to address this commission. Welcome. Thank you. Um, let me try to get this going. Um, good morning, and um, good morning, President Lee and commissioners. Uh, thank you for consideration of my waiver request um, to allow me to work for CMAC. I'm Joanne Lee, the Deputy Director of Programs at the San Francisco Arts Commission, where I started about four years ago. I oversee our various arts programs and serve as a liaison to other city departments on program-related initiatives. I've also served on the Mayor's Economic Recovery Task Force, and so much of my focus right now is to align our agency's programs with the Mayor's priorities for arts to play a key role in the city's economic recovery. So three months ago, when I received an employment offer from CMAC, I, to be the inaugural executive director of Edge on the Square, it really is a dream come true for me. Before working for the city, I've spent over 25 years um, working for nonprofit organizations here in San Francisco, and over half of that time in Chinatown, where I developed affordable housing and served as a senior manager at a community organization. This position with CMAC is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for me. It marries my skills, my experience, and passions to lead a project that includes real estate development, economic revitalization, nonprofit management, arts, and culture in the very heart of Chinatown, in an emerging community organization that's really poised to be an economic catalyst for Chinatown and the city. So this, per this position is the perfect culmination of my career and would be an extreme hardship for me to not be able to pursue it. As a Chinese-American woman who visited my grandmother in Chinatown as a child, tutored um, in Chinatown while I was a student at UC Berkeley and worked there for 15 years, this is a dream position. After three decades as a deputy director and senior manager, this is an opportunity for me to finally lead an organization as the executive director. Um, I could go on about each of the grant um, issues. I'm not sure if that's what you'd like me to discuss or if you'd like me to stand for questions. Yeah. At we this point, I'm very cognizant of your time. I also have a representative from the Arts Commission here today. The Director of Cultural Affairs couldn't be here, um, but our Communications Director um, could also make a statement on behalf of um, my home department. Okay. Well, since we already have the uh, documents, maybe if we want to ask detailed questions, we can do that later. And since we have a department representative here, 
uh, if she or he wish to make any comments. Good morning, Chair Lee and Ethics Commissioners. <clears throat> My name is Komate. I'm the Director of Communications for the San Francisco Arts Commission. And I'm here today as Acting Director of the Arts Commission on behalf of Ralph Remington, who is um, out of the office and was, not unable, was unable to join us today. And we are here to show support from the Arts Commission in support of uh, Joanne Lee's request for a waiver. I will be reading a letter of support provided by Director Remington. Um, so, dear Chair Lee and uh, Commissioners, I'm writing to express my strong support for Joanne Lee's waiver request to enable her to work with the Chinatown Media and Arts Collaborative immediately upon her departure from city employment. I've had the great uh, fortune to work with Joanne since I became Director of Cultural Affairs at the San Francisco Art Commission in January of 2021. Joanne's vast knowledge and experience in and with San Francisco's community has helped me quickly understand our local arts and cultural sector and how the SFAC can best support the sector to ensure that San Francisco remains one of the top arts and cultural cities in the United States. While Joanne has only worked for the city and county of San Francisco for under four years, she has stewarded the SFAC during an unprecedented time of change. She has served under four directors, two of whom were interim and um, during a global pandemic and with a 40% staff turnover rate. During the COVID-19 pandemic, Joanne served as the Mayor's Economic Recovery Task Force, uh, and as well as coordinating the Arts Commission's disaster service worker deployments, and was also deployed herself. She has filled in for multiple vacant leadership roles, including Director of Galleries, Director of Community Investments, and as Capital Programs Manager, as well as uh, supervising many staff over the years. As the Deputy Director of Programs, in addition to overseeing our programs, Joanne has served as a representative to various interdepartmental initiatives, including the Dreammaker Initiative, Cultural Districts Program, and with the Nonprofit Sustainability Initiative. Whenever able, Joanne also supports other city departments by serving on grant review panels and hiring um, panels, and is a common um, participant in many uh, departmental initiatives. As in all of her work, she does, not, uh, she does this so professionally, objectively, and with integrity. I have nothing but praise for Joanne's work at SFAC. She has always performed at the highest level and with emotional intelligence, professionalism, respect, and integrity. I will miss her immensely, but I know that this position at CMAC is the perfect culmination of her professional experience and passion. She has never been an executive director, but she is clearly ready. The CMAC position is a unique one that draws all, on all of her skills, experience, and commitments, and it is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Her service to the city has been un, uh, incredibly remarkable, and I know that she will bring her creativity, passion, and work ethics to CMAC and the Chinatown community. Please feel free to contact Ralph Remington with any additional questions you may have. Thank you. Thank you. Colleagues, do you have any questions for Mr. Canning or Ms. Lee? I'm comment before I ask my questions. Okay. Likewise. Okay. Um, let's see. And you need to call for a public comment, Joan. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, can we go to public comment first before we make any motion? Sure. Okay, so let's go for public comment. Uh, seems like we have quite a f seems like we have quite a few 
those who wish to make com uh, public comments. So let us go to two um, in room and then go to the queue and then we alternate back and forth. Okay. So let's go to the can, room. Uh, bro, I'm, I I do need to uh, mention that we had a little audio glitch earlier, so I just need to kind of reiterate to the folks who, uh, who want to make public comment in person and remotely, each member of the public will be allowed three minutes to speak. Uh, for those attending remotely, please call us. Please call 1-415-655-0001. Use access code 2663-914-1176, followed by the pound sign, then press pound again to join as an attendee. When your interest of item comes up, press star 3 to raise your hand to be added to the public comment line. And that's for the folks who want to make, uh, who are dialing in remotely. Okay. All right. Okay, good. Let's proceed with public comment. First, uh, two speakers in room, please. Welcome. President Lee, Commissioners, uh, my name is Aaron Peskin, uh, and I am the elected representative representing the northeast corner of San Francisco, commonly known as District 3 and wanted to personally express what I set forth in writing uh, to members of the commission on July 5th, which is uh, my unreserved strong support for Ms. Lee's post-employment waiver request. Um, I realize uh, that this is a relatively rare occurrence, uh, but think that uh, it is uh, very important that it be granted. Uh, I understand staff's recommendation um, and would associate myself and urge you to consider uh, that the request be narrowly tailored and limited to the CMAC position, which indeed uh, is, would be the culmination not only for Ms. Lee, but most importantly for the community of her professional experience and deep-rooted uh, commitment to, to the community. And, and when I think about the notion of hardship, uh, I would like to say that uh, it is not only a matter of economic hardship, and it is not only a matter of hardship to be assessed as to Ms. Lee, I think it should also be assessed as to hardship for the community. This is an unparalleled opportunity uh, for the community and this institution. Uh, and, and I was also very pleased by the acknowledgement in the staff's report uh, that the likelihood of undue influence uh, is very, very small, and I can attest to that. Um, so I strongly urge you uh, to grant this waiver. Thank you for your consideration. Thank you, Supervisor. Next person, please. Who wishes to speak? Your three minutes begins when you speak. Good morning, everyone. Chair Lee and commissioners, I am Mabel Tang, the interim executive director of CMAC, the Chinatown Media and Arts Collaborative, as well as former San Francisco supervisor and city assessor. But more importantly, I'm a community partner and learner. I thank you for your service and for your consideration on your deliberation on granting Joanne Lee the waiver. Of course, I'm here to speak in support of Joanne. And I want to just start with our story, why CMAC is so passionate 
about community building and about having Joanne Lee on board as our inaugural executive director. Our organization, CMAC, the Chinatown Media and Arts Collaborative, it's a unique product of our time. We are an unprecedented organization founded by six leading Asian American community service group, combining over 300 years of service and commitment to San Francisco and to the state of California. We were founded to change the Asian American narrative, to change the immigrants' narrative, and to build multiracial democracy. And this is especially important because we are going through very trying times in this country. We are going through the challenge of division, of fear, and the dismantling of affirmative action in this country. So it is no small matter for CMAC to come together to lead and to be a part of this narrative change. CMAC ourselves is historic because we are an organization that is the coming together of six multidisciplinary groups. CCDC, the Chinatown Community Development Center. CAA, Chinese for Affirmative Action. Chinese Culture Center, Angel Island Immigration Foundation, CAMP, and CHSA. It is no small matter for CMAC to purchase a building during COVID at 800 grand at the center of Chinatown to communicate and to execute our ambitious vision. It is no small matter that we set out to find our inaugural executive director. I'm sorry, your three we, minutes has expired. Okay, I'm, I'll finish in a few seconds. And it is no most matter for us to finally find our unicorn, someone uniquely qualified to be our integral, to be our inaugural executive director. And it would be irreversible harm to the community and extreme hardship if Joanne cannot become our executive director, and I urge you for your consideration. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, Mr. Clark, let's go to um, speakers in the queue. We have no callers in the queue, Madam Okay. So oh, wait a minute, I do apologize. We do have one that just appeared. Please stand by. Welcome, caller. Your three minutes begins now. Hello, commissioners. My name is Vincent Pan. I'm co-executive director of Chinese for Affirmative Action and also vice chair of the Chinatown Media and Arts Collaborative. I'm here to speak in support of the waiver from Joanne Lee. Well, like other parts of San Francisco, Chinatown is facing significant headwinds in our efforts to remain economically, socially, and culturally viable. Many of these challenges were made worse by the pandemic and included mass layoffs, decimated tourism, and the escalation of anti-Asian hate. Um, but these challenges are not completely new. They compounded long-standing underinvestment in Chinatown that has for decades wrought displacement pressures on immigrant working-class residents, as well as the cultural character and fabric of Chinatown itself. To help address this crisis, CMAC was founded by six leading 
Chinatown and Asian American organizations to leverage the power of arts and media to anchor creative and cultural spaces in San Francisco Chinatown. To date, CMAC has secured more than $25 million to launch Edge on the Square, a new major cultural facility to be located on Clay Street, stretching from Grant Avenue to Walter Yuan Place. Edge on the Square is a core component of critical post-pandemic efforts to ensure that Chinatown remains a vibrant place for residents, welcomes tourists and regional visitors, and involves in a manner that is culturally relevant and economically sustainable. There are no, literally no other organizations like CMAC and Edge on the Square in the country, let alone in San Francisco Chinatown. And as a result, denying Joanne Lee the ability to lead CMAC as its first executive director on, of Edge on the Square would impose upon her an extreme and irreparable hardship. There simply will not be an opportunity like this for her or anyone else again. At the same time, CMAC and the Chinatown community would also be harmed. We extended an offer to Joanne after an exhaustive national search in which it became clear that her unique professional life experiences made her singularly qualified to lead our organization at this time. Going forward, the CMAC Board of Directors is aware of and would work with Joanne Lee and all other stakeholders to adhere to the post-employment restrictions that would impact her representation or communication on behalf of CMAC with the city. This includes having the CMAC board directly manage certain city communications to build a, quote, firewall, unquote, between Joanne Lee and her former colleagues at the Arts Commission, as well as absolving her of any responsibilities with the city for a full year or longer, as may be required by city rules. Uh, lastly, I want to thank the Ethics Commission in advance for adhering to the highest standards of cultural sensitivity and competence as you fully consider the perspectives of Joanne Lee and what hardship means to her. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's go back to speakers in the room. The next two speakers. Is it the right time? Yes. <laughs> Good to see you, Commissioner Lee and all of you. Um, I'll be quick because everyone's saying everything already. Um, I had the privilege of working with Joanne directly at Chinatown CDC for 13 years. And just so you know, if you talk about an ethical person, a compliant person, it's Joanne. We were deputy directors together. I was the crazy guy advocacy. Let's go for it. Build homeless housing. Yeah. yeah. She's the one that was straight faced. And, and uh, well, let, let, that's enough to say. I have so much faith in her. I feel that she feels this job is a calling. And, and um, it's, it's really important. And CMAC and the city will love her uh, rock-steady uh, professionalism and all that. And I, I just think, if it's possible, the waiver, and I, I don't know the politics of that, but, you know, <laughs> you heard spirit of the law, you know, you've heard that, right? Okay. Okay, thank you for doing the right thing. <laughs> Next speaker, please. Right, your three minutes begins at the moment you speak. Good morning, commissioners. Um, my name is Jenny Long. I'm the executive director of the Chinese Culture Center and Foundation of San Francisco. Um, we are one of the six uh, founding organizations of CMAC. And the Chinese Culture Center is a longstanding um, arts nonprofit rooted in San Francisco's Chinatown. And we are dedicated to elevating underserved communities through contemporary arts and education um, by nurturing artists to build community and provide access for our residents and our for community. And I was really thrilled to hear that Joanne was selected to be the first inaugural 
Executive Director of Edge on the Square. I've known her as the Deputy Director of Programs at the San Francisco Arts Commission. And she is someone who, in my time that I've known her, have deeply understood the community and has developed programs to enhance access and opportunities for under-resourced communities across the city. And Joanne is rare. She has that intersection of skill sets in the arts and the community. And you've heard it from so many people here. She has so much integrity and is a great fit. And this is such a unique opportunity and role. As a community leader and someone who is also in the arts community, I can attest that there are not that many opportunities in this field. The national and regional arts institutions in this country are not led by people of color. And this is so important for Joanne to have this position to create an equitable landscape in this field. And Chinese Culture Center and CMAC and Edge on the Square will work closely together as community arts organizations in Chinatown. We're gonna be sister organizations and I look so forward to collaborating with Joanne to preserve Chinatown's culture and expand arts opportunities for the community and all. And I really urge you to su support and approve Joanne Lee's waiver request. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, do we have anyone waiting in the queue? Madam Chair, we have no callers in the queue. Okay, let's proceed with uh, members in the room, please. Your three minutes will begin the moment you speak, and then you'll hear a bell when you have 30 seconds remaining. Thank okay. you. Uh, good morning. My name is Kimberly Stryker, and I'm a commissioner on the San Francisco Arts Commission. I've worked closely with Joanne Lee for nearly four years. She's the head staff liaison to the Civic Design Review Committee, which I chair. I hold her in the highest regard for her integrity and ability. She's been a clear and steadfast counsel to me and to my committee. She's straightforward, always trustworthy, and proved not only a talented, hardworking leader, but also a superb role model to our junior staff. We at the Arts Commission hold her in the highest esteem, and I personally will be sorry to see her leave us. However, as she told you, being executive director of CMAC would be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. She has the appropriate knowledge, experience, and skills to be an outstanding executive director, and I'm sure that's why she was chosen. This position is form-fitted to her knowledge and leadership abilities. Because the position is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for her, it would be an extreme hardship for her not to get this unique job. Ethics Commission staff speculates there are other positions she could take, but they don't point to any that are comparable. It's a new, unique, visionary nonprofit organization that's being created in Chinatown. The executive director position created to run, run it is seeking the skills Ms. Lee has, her former work in nonprofit housing in Chinatown coupled with her skills and knowledge of public arts administration are exactly what they need. She fits the bill perfectly. This position would be the only job of its kind in the nation. It would be a true loss to Ms. Lee if she were denied this opportunity. It would be a loss to the CMAC organization that has chosen her to lead them, and a loss for the Chinatown community, thus a loss for the city at large. I hope you'll support her request for a waiver to enable this worthy candidate to accept such a unique position. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, please.
Good morning, uh, commissioners, and good morning, uh, uh, Chair Lee. Uh, my name is Malcolm Young. I am the executive director of the Chinatown Community Development Center. Uh, I figured we'd get the CCDC block out of the way since the Reverend testified a second ago. Uh, let me just start by saying um, something uh, that uh, in my mind is kind of funny, but I actually think it expresses the true character of uh, 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 Joanne. Um, I was around when Norman uh, was, Reverend Fong was a deputy on the program side and also when uh, Joanne was the deputy on the organizational side. And if Norman's motto was um, uh, ask for, uh, do it, ask for forgiveness, and then, at, no, excuse me, do it, and then ask for forgiveness later, uh, Joanne's motto was get permission first before, so you don't have to ask for forgiveness. Uh, and to me, that outlines her character uh, as an individual who holds herself to the highest level of integrity, uh, which is why I appreciated staff recommendation and in the report, uh, the acknowledgement uh, that um, the level of undue influence was minimal in this situation. Uh, and I think that's also verified by the fact that we have other nonprofit arts organizations in the community coming to you to testify uh, to that very fact and providing the highest level of support uh, for Joanne for this uh, position. Um, I also just wanna call out uh, an element of the staff analysis, and uh, this is not to criticize staff, uh, but to point out that the scope of the analysis as staff acknowledged was limited to economic uh, hardship, uh, whereas the definition of the rule uh, is personal hardship. Uh, and I would urge the commission to consider this decision uh, based on a more expansive set of data uh, around what qualifies for hardship. Uh, I truly believe that it would be a hardship uh, for Joanne uh, if she was not granted uh, this waiver. Uh, she brings a unique quality and set of skills which uh, has been mentioned numerous times before. Uh, but I wanna reemphasize uh, the scale of the development project that's gonna be happening here. Uh, we are literally rebuilding a building in Chinatown um, in a corridor that has not seen new construction uh, for probably four, five, maybe six decades. Uh, and it's critical that we have the right person to manage that project. And Joanne uh, combines four critical skills that no one else did in the national search that we did. She knows real estate. She knows, uh, excuse me, she knows real estate. She knows arts and culture. Uh, she definitely knows organizational development, uh, which I was there for when I was at Chinatown CDC. Uh, and I would argue just as important, uh, she knows Chinatown. And nobody has those four characteristics. And I think for Joanne not to be able to um, use those skills uh, for this critical project uh, would be absolutely problematic uh, and a drain on San Francisco. So I urge you to grant the waiver. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Good morning, Chair Lee and Commissioners. Um, thank you for the opportunity to give public comment. My name is Rochelle Axel. I've been a member of the San Francisco arts community for over 30 years, uh, an employee also of the arts community. And specifically, I worked for the San Francisco Arts Commission for 21 years um, in various capacities from um, uh, develop, development director, overseeing grants that the Arts Commission sought, um, acting communications director and director of public and private partnerships. So I've seen a lot at the Arts Commission and my time working with Joanne um, was really special. We both held public service um, as a high value and, and we connected on that level. Um, so 
for part of public comment, I just want to make three points that I hope add some context to the decision, and I do hope that there will be a waiver. I think it's really applicable in this point. Um, first point is that San Francisco gives more public funding to the arts community than any other municipality in the nation. So it virtually touches every arts organization in town, and when I say it, I mean public funding, city funding for the arts. It's very, very hard to go from a place of arts philanthropy within the chosen sector, the arts in San Francisco, and not have had some kind of contact with philanthropy, um, city funding for the arts. So. Um, I think it's important also to, to recognize that grant making um, and grant management, it's not a siloed activity in any department. Um, it's a real collaborative process. A lot of people are involved. A lot of applications, um, contracts, and so forth are vetted by numerous people. So it's, it's very, very rare that any person in leadership like Joanne would not have some touch on grant making within the city in the art sector. Um, since I was in charge of partnerships, public and private in the city also, it was a best practice to work with other city departments um, when it came to grant making, seeking expertise across city agencies to help make decisions. And it, it's, it's an important practice. It helps broaden the scope of decision making and to make sure that there's integrity in that. And if a waiver wasn't granted, it would really curtail that best practice in the city, which is really important to uphold. Um, one other point I want to make is, uh, it was mentioned, but I don't think it was drilled down quite as much as it could be, which is, um, Joanne really led the emergency response activities and rapid response funding throughout the pandemic. It was not an easy time, as we all know, as has been said, and I think it's important, um, as Supervisor Peskin mentioned, that extreme hardship for Chinatown in particular was... Um, really palpable and really felt during the pandemic and even post-pandemic. And um, Joanne's role in Chinatown would really help mitigate some of that hardship. So I ask you to look at the hardship aspect from Joanne's presence in supporting the community. Thanks. Thank you. Mr. Clark, can you please check if anyone's waiting in the queue? Madam Chair, we have one caller in the queue. Please stand by. Welcome, caller. Your three minutes begins now. Greetings, Commissioners. Uh, my name is Lex Leifheit, and I'm calling to offer my support of the waiver for Joanne Lee. Uh, prior to May of this year, I directly administered the Nonprofit Sustainability Initiative for the Office of Economic and Workforce Development. And I would echo the prior comments that Joanne Lee operated with the highest standards of integrity and used her financial and community expertise to evenly and equitably apply rules and policies for grant making. Uh, I would add to the hardship conversation that it creates a fiscal and performance hardship for the city to make it so difficult for senior members of staff and people with a high level of community involvement to move on from their roles but continue to advance the strategic priorities of the city. As someone who recently left city employment and watched some of the budget hearings, I've heard a lot from our elected board of supervisors about the cost of having top-heavy agencies with a lot of managers. But one thing you're told when you're being recruited for city employment is that it's impossible to move up. And one of the reasons it's impossible to grow in your city roles is often because people don't move on, they can't move on, and they have to go through a very extensive waiver process like this. I really support 
scrutiny and avoiding self-dealing, but I think we need to make it easier for managers to continue to grow in their dream jobs. And I just know that if Joanne Lee is granted this waiver, she'll be a tremendous asset to the city, to the, China, to the Chinatown community, to the arts community, and to our economic recovery. Okay, thank you. And anyone else waiting in the queue? Madam Chair, we have no further callers in the queue. Okay, let's return back to the speakers in the room. I'm up? Yes, yes. So, good morning, commissioners, and actually, good morning, uh, Chairman Lee. I don't know if you recall, we met several years ago when you worked in the SBA, and uh, I was uh, an advocate for, uh, for a greater leadership in corporate for Asian Americans. And actually, you helped me, uh, you helped me meet uh, um, uh, Jenny Yang at EEOC. And I hope you remember that effort. Yes. So far, so good. Yeah. Anyway, I'm here to speak in support of Joanne. Um, and the speakers so far have, have made an eloquent case. Uh, I'd like to talk about the, um, about the staff report, which basically says that she can, we can go on and find another executive director, or Joanne can find another job. Essentially, no harm, no foul. And my perspective is, yeah, Joanne is harmed because I think you've heard that this is a very unique project. This is the largest project for renovation in China today. And so she, that's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for us and a once-in-a-lifetime for San Francisco and a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for Joanne. So she might get another job, but not with anything like this. It would help, it would harm CMAC because I am chair of the search committee. And so we have to go out and do another search and spend more money and time to do that. And it took us six, over six months to do it. Um, and so it was, so it's just a waste of our time. And lastly, it's a, it's a harm to the city because the sooner we get this thing done, the sooner we can go and, and build projects, as soon as we can fund, do funding with the executive director, the sooner, sooner Chinatown, San Francisco can bend from CMAC. So, so any delay we have here impacts Chinatown and San Francisco. And that's our, that's our message, is that we want to help the community, want to help Joanne, we help, want to help Chinatown. Thank you. Thank you. And I also want to add uh, Mr. Bakji to my list of full disclosures that we have a prior relationship. So anyway, uh, next speaker, please. Good morning, Chair Lee, Commissioners. Um, I'm Tatwina Lee. Um, I am right now the uh, treasurer at CMAC, but I'm also the chair once again at the Chinese Culture Center. Um, I am going to do something that I don't usually do. I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience. You've heard a great deal here about Joanne's experience. Um, I have worked for over almost 40 years here in the city. Uh, on nonprofits and in the community. I have uh, worked with the trustees at the San Francisco Conservatory of Music to bring the conservatory downtown. I have worked with uh, the, uh, the uh, San Francisco uh, Library Foundation. In fact, I'm the chair who brought the foundation back to its parent, the uh, Friends of the San Francisco Public Library and Emerger. Um, I have worked uh, with uh, many other organizations in the city, but, and I have also searched, mentored, worked with, um, and supported uh, nine 
executive directors in Chinatown at the center. Uh, I have a real knowledge of what it takes for someone to work in the community uh, in an effort to bring everyone together. Uh, this is probably why I did a very premature farewell tour uh, a while back and was brought back uh, before I do my second farewell tour uh, out of uh, community uh, work. I, I want to be a part of bringing this particular project uh, into what will be the leading uh, cultural and economic engine, one of them, uh, to help San Francisco and, in particular, Chinatown. Uh, you know, uh, I do know what it takes to lead in the community uh, for arts and culture. I respect the other pillars of the community who came together with me over five years ago to work on becoming one and speaking uh, for the community. Uh, we are all excited about this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and I do expect that we will really be in a difficult position if we have to delay things yet again. We all know what happens when delays happen in the city, um, and it always is at a cost, both financially and uh, individually, for the people who are working on it, but also for the community. So uh, before I do my second and final farewell tour for work here, I want to really encourage you to uh, approve this waiver for Joanne, but also for the city of San Francisco and Chinatown. Thank you. Thank you. Um, next speaker, please, in room. Hi, <clears throat> Hi Charlie Commissioners. Uh, my name is Candice Huey. I'm the curator of Edge on the Square and a native of San Francisco who has been working in the local arts community for many decades. From my experience, it is such a rare occurrence to have someone like Joanne Lee, who not only is an extremely qualified APR female leader in the arts, but also, and more importantly, someone who possesses a deep understanding of the community. This makes her the ideal leader for Edge on the Square. Edge's mission is to first shift and expand the narrative of Asian America and what it means today in the 21st century to be a social economic engine for Chinatown and by extension, San Francisco as a whole. Celebrate Chinatown and San Francisco as an immigrant gateway, not only for Chinese, but all immigrants who came through the West Coast. As such, having a leader such as Joanne Lee with firsthand experience working with communities of color ensures that decision-making is nuanced and culturally sensitive. This in turn leads to authentic engagement where the voices of these communities are genuinely heard and their stories represented and accurately portrayed. The community's unwavering support for Joanne as demonstrated here today, based on earned trust, professionalism, and unwavering integrity, underscores the importance of her insights and expertise. Under Joanne's unique and rare leadership, we will have at EDGE a necessary, culturally rich, artistic landscape that benefits all. Her appointment marks a pivotal moment in promoting diversity and equity, ensuring that our community thrives on a foundation of genuine representation and meaningful engagement. This makes her the right 
and only choice as executive director for Edge on the Square. Thank you. Thank you. Um, next speaker, please. Good morning, Commissioners. I'm Erica Polisige, and I'm a Programs Associate at Edge on the Square. I'm here today on behalf of CMAC, Joanne Lee, and my community. In my time with CMAC, I have witnessed how intentional every single decision is. CMAC staff, the CMAC Board of Directors, and Joanne are people of integrity. We would not jeopardize this project, which is a very critical and rare opportunity for the API community. Our collective presence here today is testament to the strength of our community and our need for a project like CMAC, which is made by us and for us. Under Joanne's leadership, we will use art to advocate for the API community and this city. We need qualified and dedicated leaders and role models like Joanne, who understand the impact of an organization like CMAC on the greater community. I'm confident that her unique qualifications, skill sets, experience, and integrity will draw people from all backgrounds to Chinatown, contributing to the positive change that we all want to be a part of. Please do not deny us and Joanne this rare opportunity to shape the future of our community. Thank you for your time and consideration. Thank you. And Mr. Clark, can you please check and see if there's any speakers waiting in the queue? Madam Chair, we have no callers in the queue. Okay, let's continue with our in-person speakers. Good, good morning, Commissioners. Jim Sutton of the Sutton Law Firm. And um, I've had the privilege of working with Ms. Lee on this waiver request for the past month or so. I just want to make two quick legal points which haven't been made yet. The first is that in this instance, the purpose of the law has been met. The, the purpose of the law is to make certain that employees who are working on a city contract don't do something in that process to try to then get a job with the contractor. And the way the city law does that is by putting in this time buffer. And it says 12 months has to lapse between the time when the city employee works on the contract and before they go to work for the contractor. And I think it's very important to note, and it really hasn't been mentioned yet here today, it's been over 16 months since Ms. Lee worked on this contract. The weird fact here is, even though it was awarded 16 months ago to CMAC, it wasn't actually signed until I think just a few weeks ago. And that had to do with just kind of real estate negotiations and technical issues. And Ms. Lee has not been involved in any of the, the in the past 16 months. Um, the law talks in terms of awarding a contract and the contract being executed. Um, and it, it almost uses those words intercha interchangeably, I think because it assumes that a city contract is awarded and then pretty much right at that moment in time, it's also gonna be executed. The law doesn't envision really what happened here where there's a huge gap in time. Um, and of course, Ms. Lee had no control over how long it would take the contract to be finalized and signed. Um, so that's just the first legal point. Over 16 months has lapsed since Ms. Lee was involved in this contract. So the underlying purpose of the law has been met. And the second legal point is that the law, in our opinion, should not be written, should not be interpreted quite as broadly as the staff is proposing that it should be interpreted in the staff memo. Um, and we believe that the commissioners, that you have to interpret the law 
um, in light of these constitutional concerns, because what the law really does, as one of the speakers point out, it, it prohibits city employees from taking jobs of their choosing. So it really impacts the employee's constitutional rights. The same way the, the laws dis, disfavor non-compete agreements in contracts. Um, and that's why the, the regulations allow you to interpret the law and that phrase extreme hardship really in any way that you think is appropriate given the circumstances. Um, it's interesting here that the other waiver request on your calendar for later on, there's actually, I, I believe, a four-year delay in between when the contract was awarded and when it was executed. Um, and I think these two waiver requests reveal that a hyper-technical reading of the law leads to absurd results, where an employee could be prohibited for working someplace for several years. So thank you for the, your consideration of those legal points, and thank you again for your consideration in Ms. Lee's request. Thank you. We have you. some questions for you, if you could stick around for us. Of course. Of course. Yes. Okay. Um, any should other I ask the questions now, if they're directed uh, to him? If, direct, if it's directed to Mr. Sutton, so yeah. please go ahead. Yeah, thank you. Just on the legal points, uh, which you mentioned, um, because I do think it's very important to note that there, there are a lot of nuances here, and I think the timeline is very important. Um, is it, am I understanding correctly that, um, there, that there were some interviews, and I know this is maybe a separate issue that I think the, the, um, the enforcement division is looking into, and maybe that's something that um, you can brief me on. Um, but it's my understanding um, that, that, that um, sorry, give me one second, that she was interviewing um, before um, the grant was um, given to the, to the organization. No, not for the, the, the large grant, really the grant that's at issue, the, the grant to help CMAC buy the building in Chinatown. No, she was not interviewing at that point at all. It's the, the little $3,000 grant from earlier this year in response to the, the winter storms that she had been interviewing at that moment in time. Uh, yes, there are two uh, grants at issue. One is the Storm Relief Grant, yeah. which was fully conceived of and awarded this year, well within the 12-month period. Um, if I also could just briefly comment on the buffer period. Um, staff believes the code is very clear that the buffer is intended to be between the time the contract is executed and entered into and 12 months beyond that. That's because the buffer is to be between the time that the prospective employer is receiving the benefit the contract and the time that they could then hire the person who helped award that contract. Um, I think it's very important that that be um, part of the commission's understanding. And just on the constitutional issue, I understand that I, I, I mean, I think we take these waiver requests very seriously and we understand that we have so many qualified people in city government and then to think that we're kind of thwarting the advancement of the city because we're keeping them, we're kind of sidling them. Like, that's all uh, something that we consider. But it's true that people who join city government are aware of these laws and was uh, joyfully aware that this is what the, what would happen if, if maybe she were to leave city government. Well, of course, no, certainly understand that, and, and, and the city employees are given training. But here with the CMAC contract, remember, the, the law talks in terms of this 12-month buffer. She was on the selection panel. She was not looking for a job. She was not talking to CMAC. They awarded the contract. 
and then she had no way of knowing that the contract hadn't been signed, right? She was, she was not involved in that process. Remember, she was, um, it wasn't the Arts Commission that granted the contract, it was the mayor's office. It's just they had someone from the Arts Commission on the five-person selection panel. Um, so yes, she might have been aware of the law, but she, in, with these circumstances, she had no way of knowing and no control over the fact that it wasn't executed for almost 16, 16 months, so. Any other questions? If not, anyone else waiting in the queue? We have a caller in the queue. Please stand by. He could not Welcome, caller. Your three minutes begins not, now. He could not fog a mirror during his last four years. Okay, and then... He that picture. Yeah, and then Gordon... <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, we have our SFGov TV okay. folks in the background. Hold on one second. In the background. Housing project. Okay. Um, all right, there's no more further calls in the game. Okay, public comment is closed for agenda item seven. Um, colleagues, I am ready to make a motion to grant Ms. Lee the waiver, specifically for her employment with CMAC. As I mentioned earlier, uh, with my full disclosure, um, I, I am not aware, I'm not familiar with this organization, but I grew up in Chinatown and I still live near it. Uh, and I am painfully aware of the current state of my beloved community. And I also recognize the dire need to, um, to revitalize not just the Chinatown community, but to uh, uphold, to, to maintain the Chinese American history for uh, future generations. Uh, Ms. Lee, I must first say uh, that you must be a person of highest integrity and uh, highest respect uh, for you to bring together such a diverse community together, uh, united in support of you. Uh, that speaks volumes of your uh, um, person. And, and I think that um, CMAC would be very lucky to have you to lead the organization. It's true that this commission is given this waiver, uh, and this waiver is not granted routinely. Uh, we take this very, very seriously. Uh, we've only granted a handful, uh, very, very few, uh, because we understand the intent of granting these waivers because it's really important for um, members of the public to have trust in our government to make sure that no one is given any unfair advantage um, given their um, city employment. Uh, there's also been um, discussion on what a nonprofit is. In this case, uh, this nonprofit to me is a community serving, community benefit organization. Uh, and it, again, as I said, as a member of uh, the Chinese American community, uh, um, this is a really important cause. 
And, and I agree with previous speakers that this is a very small universe of um, candidates. Uh, number one, you, you know, uh, Asian Americans in arts, as, as uh, Ms. G had mentioned, is a very few um, group, especially those who uh, understand the cultural competence uh, in, in this community. Um, I, I also think that um, hardship is, is a broad term, and, and I don't look at it as a financial hardship, because anyone who moved from the city to a nonprofit organization is facing financial hardship. Um, for me, this hardship, uh, as um, the supervisor and other speakers had mentioned, to me is not just the um, China, Chinatown community, but is the city's hardship. Uh, we are in dire need. Uh, folks who have the passion, who has a commitment to really, really rebuild uh, certain um, um, uh, uh, neighborhoods, and especially in the Chinatown area. So I do think that um, you meet the hardship criteria that's given to this commission, uh, that I am ready to make a motion to grant you the, the waiver specifically only for the CMAC. But as you mentioned in your letter, you, you intend this to be your last job anyway. So this is your one and only uh, waiver, should we approve it. So um, do I hear a second to this motion? Uh, Chair Lee, I'll, I'll second, but I'd like to make a comment myself. Of course. Okay, okay yeah. so the motion has been made and seconded. Comments, please. Thank you. Yeah, first, um, I just want to make a disclosure for the record. I'm not familiar with uh, Ms. Lee or any of the speakers here today, but I did notice that in the public comment, there's a letter from the API Council, uh, one of whose member organizations is the Asian Law Caucus, uh, and I sit on the board of that organization. But the board plays no role in this type of activity. So. Um, I don't feel the need to recuse or anything like that. Um, moving on to the issue here and the reason why I'm going to support the, the waiver request, um, I acknowledge that the campaign governmental code only authorizes us to pr approve a waiver if it would cause extreme hardship for the city officer employee. And uh, the community re commission regulations do specify three factors that might be considered in connection with that evaluation but it also authorizes the commission to consider any other factors the commission deems relevant, which is very broad and gives us a lot of discretion, uh, but discretion that we need to try to exercise in a consistent and fair way that vindicates the purpose of the law here. Um, and I appreciate the staff's analysis of the three delineated factors, um, and I appreciate the acknowledgement during the report that uh, it adopted a narrow interpretation focused on economic hardship. but. Uh, one additional relevant factor, in my opinion, is the relationship between the job sought and the degree of the officer or employee's involvement in awarding the contract, as well as the extent to which there's a reasonable or plausible appearance of impropriety or favoritism in that process. And beginning with that latter part, uh, whether there is a reasonable appearance of impropriety or favoritism here, my view is that there is not one. Uh, first, with respect to the Nonprofit Sustainability Initiative grant from the Office of Economic and Workforce Development, Ms. Lee's participation occurred well over a year ago in March of 2022, 
She was one of six panelists, and the award letters were issued in March 2022. Her involvement ceased thereafter, according to the staff report. I understand that, as written, the code likely does not turn on when the individual's personal involvement occurred, but rather on when the contract was entered. And again, that term is not defined, entered is not defined in the code, and the regulations, I think, are ambiguous and potentially contradictory. Although they define enters into a contract uh, with the city as when the contract is executed, the waiver application instructions in the same regulations have a different interpretation and provide that the application should discuss, quote, the contracts that the officer or employee potentially and substantially participated in awarding to his or her potential new employer during the 12 months prior. So that's something that we may need to take up at another time in the future to clarify. Uh, nevertheless, even assuming that Ms. Lee's involvement in the NSI grant is covered here, the fact that she was not involved in it during the 12 months preceding her acceptance of CMAQ's offer, or even uh, when she had CMAQ uh, on the horizon as a potential employer, um, diminishes any suggestion of impropriety, to, in my view. Second, moving on to the Storm Relief Grant from the Arts Commission, which was awarded to CMAQ in March of 2023. Uh, according to the report, Ms. Lee developed RFP guidelines, reviewed applications, and made the awards with others. Um, unfortunately, it, it does appear that Ms. Lee did not disclose that by that time she had already applied for a job with CMAQ and was in discussions with them. Um, but I view that as an issue for another day that's not ripe for the Commission's review, given the Enforcement Division's uh, review of that issue. Um, for purposes of the waiver request, however, the award granted was $3,750, a very small number, and in my view, it's implausible that Ms. Lee could have leveraged her participation in this grant in order to secure a job offer for herself, which presumably would cost CMAQ much more than it will gain. So to summarize, <clears throat> my view, the facts don't create an appearance of impropriety, favoritism, or otherwise. If anything, uh, it, it, the record, including the application and the numerous letters of support and the speakers in support, suggests that the explanation for why CMAQ has offered her this position turns on her expertise, her experience, her community leadership, and her fit for the role. Almost done. Uh, <laughs> moving on to the other side of the ledger, uh, whether denying the waiver would impose extreme hardship. Again, I appreciate the department's staff analysis on this issue, and I agree that they properly applied the factors that are delineated in the regulations, but they don't know what else we might deem relevant. So uh, completely understandable. Um, the one-of-kind nature of this position and the fact that it is a nonprofit community initiative focused on neighborhood vibrancy rather than for-profit enterprise are relevant factors. I also think it is relevant that jobs are not always fungible. They're not all identical to each other or equally valuable to a particular uh, person. Uh, particularly in the field that Ms. Lee seeks to enter, job seekers and employers often consider numerous intangibles, perhaps even more than the tangibles, in deciding whether there's a good fit. Ms. Lee, for example, pointed to her deep roots in the Chinatown neighborhood, her long career focused on the arts and community, and how this position is perfectly situated at the intersection of her skills and passions. She explains why this institution has a special mission in helping to revitalize the Chinatown community in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic and anti-Asian hate crimes. Additionally, Ms. Lee will assume a senior role, and not all employment options at that level uh, are interchangeable or adequate substitutes for one another, even assuming that there are very many. So given the foregoing, I'm prepared to support her application for a waiver and find that it would impose extreme hardship on her to deny it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Fantastic. Yes. Yeah, I just want to say a few things dovetailing off of um, Commissioner Solly's comments. I will also be uh, really in favor of the waiver. 
Um, and part, I appreciate your analysis. Thank you so much for that thorough analysis. Um, I, I noticed um, from your explanation, uh, Ms. Lee, of the, uh, the analysis, like what your review of the applications <coughs> entailed, um, it seemed like even if you had not reviewed the applications, CMAC, for example, still would have received the grant, and that was very important for my analysis. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, I never take these waiver requests very lightly. Um, when presented with these requests, we are being asked to apply well-meaning, well-drafted laws um, that people, uh, you know, that create guardrails to, to maintain the public trust, and that's something that we care very much about. However, uh, what I've come to realize is that part of our duty to ensure that people of San Francisco can trust city government is to know when to make decisions that inspire confidence in the government. Um, and this, this seems like an opportunity, and for all the reasons that the commissioners mentioned and um, everybody who's kind of come to rally behind you, um, it, it inspires me, um, and it, it really does, I think, inspire confidence um, in the government, and, and that is, we're trying to maintain public trust, and that's what we care about, um, and ruling this way um, makes me feel confident that we are. So, ruling in favor. Okay, um, let us take a vote, please. Please stand by. Hold on. Okay, on the motion to request waiver for Joanna Lee. Commissioner Flores Fang. Aye. Chair Lee. Aye. Commissioner Salahi. Aye. Madam Chair, with three votes in the affirmative and zero votes opposed, the motion is approved unanimously. Thank you. I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I I'm so blessed to have the community here with me. I look forward to seeing you all in Chinatown um, at our programs. And I've really enjoyed my city service. And I take all that I've learned in the four years of being here to the community and look forward to partnerships in the future. Thank you. Thank you so much. And good luck. So I think I called you Commissioner Sahali. I'm sorry, Sal Commissioner Salahi. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, may I add one more thing to Ms. Lee? Um, um, as my colleagues has mentioned, um, these waivers are granted very, very seldomly. And I think this is the second time that we've granted this year. Um, as we had done in the previous case, we had asked the uh, person to report back, not report, but keep us informed with how things are going because you had volunteered to put a firewall between you and our commission. We, um, that was appreciated. Uh, and just let us know because uh, as uh, my colleague said, we treat this waiver very, very seriously. And we also want to learn how to carry out the intent of this waiver to make sure that uh, we do not uh, put uh, unnecessary prohibitions uh, uh, against uh, other future city employees who want to do, um, you know, community work. So please keep it, uh, keep us informed with how everything is going, um, how we can learn from each other as we continue to look at um, how to uh, perfect this waiver uh, power. So thank you very much, and we look forward to seeing you. Okay, let's go to agenda item number eight, which is request for waiver of post-employment restrictions for Tracy Packer. 
Let's wait for a minute before we clear the room. Okay, uh, let us uh, start with us, our uh, staff member, Mr. Kenning, to give us All an right. overview of this uh, case first. Uh, thank you, Chair Lee. Uh, considering this uh, waiver request is for the same rules was just discussed regarding Joanne Lee, I'll limit my remarks a bit and try to not repeat what was already covered in the previous item in as much detail. Uh, Tracy Packer is a former city employee who served as the director of the Community Health Equity and Promotion, or CHEP, I believe, uh, branch of DPH until July 31st of last year. Uh, Ms. Packer is seeking a waiver for the rule against employment with certain city contractors found in subsection 3.234A3 of the Campaign and Governmental Conduct Code, uh, which is the same rule from the previous item. Uh, Ms. Packer has been offered a temporary short-term position uh, with the San Francisco AIDS Foundation, where she would be filling in for approximately six months while the AIDS Foundation recruits a new director of programs. Uh, she has said that she does not intend to apply for this position or work for the organization long term. Uh, a waiver is necessary in this case because on January 1st of this year, the AIDS Foundation entered into a contract with DPH, and the contract was secured through an RFP that Ms. Packer helped develop um, during her time as a city employee. Uh, additionally, in May of last year, the mayor increased the total funding available for this RFP by $3 million, at which point uh, Ms. Packer's role was to communicate with the organizations about this funding change, uh, which uh, she did, including communications with the AIDS Foundation at that time. Uh, as such, Ms. Packer was personally and substantially involved in the awarding of this contract, and the contract was entered into within the last year, making a waiver necessary for Ms. Packer to become employed by the organization at this time. Uh, as discussed in the previous item, the Commission has the authority to grant a waiver if the Commission finds that not doing so would cause Ms. Packer an extreme hardship. Uh, as before, staff's recommendation to not grant the waiver is based on a fairly narrow view of extreme hardship and the factors that are provided in Commission regulations. Uh, Ms. Packer is retired and receiving a pension. Uh, additionally, she has not been engaged in a job search uh, to explore what other opportunities there may be available to her. Uh, as such, uh, staff does not believe that uh, not granting Ms. Packer a waiver would cause her an extreme hardship. Uh, regarding the code's goals of avoiding undue influence and unfair advantage and of promoting the idea that government decisions should be and should appear to be uh, made on a fair and impartial basis, uh, this is another situation where staff uh, believes the risks here are minimal. Uh, however, again, the question before the Commission uh, is would not granting a waiver to Ms. Packer cause her extreme hardship? Uh, as before, uh, if the Commission does decide to grant a waiver uh, to Ms. Packer, staff would recommend that the waiver be granted narrowly and only apply to this position with the AIDS Foundation. Uh, thank you, and I'm happy to answer any questions. Thank you. Um, Ms. Packer, would you like to address the Commission? Thank you. Yes. Good morning, Chair uh, Lee and the commissioners. I am so grateful to have this time on the agenda today. And I also want to thank the staff for their support in helping me understand how to adhere to the Ethics Commission's rules. Um, I've worked for the city for over 30. I had worked for the city for over 30 years. And in my time here, I've been very um, focused on ensuring that I was following all the rules. Um, I, and because of that, I did call the Ethics Commission immediately after the San Francisco AIDS Foundation asked if I could provide short-term temporary consultant support. 
Um, the purpose of this is the, the transition um, of the vice president of program. She's leaving for a new job um, after many years of strong leadership um, supporting the programs of the San Francisco AIDS Foundation. So they've asked me to support the staff um, to uh, continue their implementation of the work. Um, as I mentioned, I've had a focus on ensuring fairness and impartiality uh, during my entire uh, career and um, adhering to Ethic Commission rules. In my written request, I focused a lot on um, the fact that I don't believe that um, there's a celebration out there. <laughs> um, I, I don't believe that uh, my um, employment with the San Francisco AIDS Foundation would create any negative effects and no appearance of unfairness um, um, or inappropriate action. I talked a lot about the, my roles, and I, I'll just highlight that slightly um, and add some additional points. Um, as I mentioned, the San Francisco AIDS Foundation is already in the contract. It started January 1st, as was mentioned, um, and so <clears throat> I would not have any influence over that. Um, I was not involved in the final budget allocation or the final contract. I left uh, July 31st from my position, my post. Um, I did stick around with the health department to fill in for some vacancies, and I did some projects in another unit called the Office of Health Equity. Um, so then I did finally re um, retire on May 4th, sorry, March 4th. Um, and, and as I mentioned, I would be supporting the work that's already in the contract um, and not supporting them, to, you know, uh, providing additional uh, inside information, et cetera. Um, in addition, um, I wanted to uh, ensure that it's clear that in the DPH, uh, we are not, the employees are not involved in the reviewing of applications um, during an RFP process. We have external review panelists who um, are screened for conflict of interest um, and my role actually was really focused on developing the content of the RFP, which is for HIV, hepatitis C, and STD, or sexually transmitted disease. I should say all those things. That HIV, um, hepatitis C, and sexually transmitted infection prevention. Um, and so we used a data-driven process to determine what the focus should be, which populations should be reached, and then what the funding levels would be. In other words, what level of funding was necessary to reach those particular populations. Um, so with the um, science and data, the, there's no favoritism. It's not possible because we're very much focused on what does the epidemiologic data say and how does it inform the focus of the RFP. Um, the RFP itself is managed by a separate unit, so once we help identify what the focus should be to address health disparities, that's our job, um, we hand it over to the contracts unit. Um, and then um, once those final decisions are made and the fiscal department sends letters to the, the contracts and then fiscal sends letters to the organization, our job is to get the um, the, the uh, work that meets the needs, the requirements of the RFP into contract. Um, as I mentioned, I left July 31st and the contracts were not finalized at that time um, and I was not involved with the finalized, the final contracts. And I recognize I was still an employee of the city, I do want to acknowledge that, but I, I wanted to um, highlight that. Um, I wanted to acknowledge the extreme hardship issue. Um, I don't feel that I can claim personal financial hardship. I do have a pension, which I'm very grateful for. I'll throw in that my husband's in construction, and that's not a great industry right now, so there's a little challenge there. 
But really the, the hardship um, it, for me, I, I feel, is the inability to work on something that's so important. And you may or may not know that the San Francisco AIDS Foundation, they focus on sexual and substance use health. And they are their work is very aligned with the priorities of the city, particularly right now, um, as we're seeing a crisis with people who use drugs. Um, and we're seeing a need for support services, health services. And the San Francisco AIDS Foundation is quite uh, excellent at reaching those communities. Um, and I'd like to continue you know, to support them during this short-term period so that they, um, their agency maintains the stability and the excellence. In addition, um, San Francisco, unlike many other areas, is very close to getting to zero new HIV infections. We're also, um, I, we, I have to, I, they, <laughs> I still feel like I'm a part of it, um, are also close to addressing hepatitis C and getting lower rate rates there. Um, and then finally, um, reducing sexually transmitted infections. And so that's another part of this for me is the enthusiasm of working closer to the community and um, helping the city as a whole get to meet our goals, meet the goals that have been set previously. Um, let's see. I think those are the main points that I wanted to share with you. Um, I do have, uh, Patricia Irwin is here. Um, uh, she is the, the acting director of the um, Community Health Equity and Promotion Branch after I left. Um, my previous supervisor, Susan Phillip, is on vacation and so is unable to be here today. Thank you so much for letting me share with you my thoughts and um, my enthusiasm for this work and my hope that it's possible for me to get a waiver for this short-term consultant position. And I am open to any questions you may have for me. Uh, before we have any questions for you or Mr. Kenning, do you want to have your former colleague to speak at this time? You mentioned you have a, is that a department? Oh, sorry, what was the question, Julie? Was that a uh, department uh, representative who was she yeah. speaking? She is yeah, online. So. Yes, oh, Patricia online. Irwin okay. is online, okay. and she's probably raising her hand. Okay. okay. Patricia, can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Again, um, my name is Patricia Irwin. I'm the current acting director of the Community Health Equity and Promotion Branch, and for over 10 years have also been a deputy director in the branch. Um, I am speaking in strong support of a waiver being granted um, on a few different points. Um, I wanna emphasize um, what Tracy was stating about um, not having any direct contract authority nor ability to identify an agency that would be awarded. Our role, as she stated, is, is to identify the the priorities and the services that would be purchased to meet the health disparities based on data. And that actual process happened over four years ago, as was previously stated. Following, I heard a comment um, regarding the um, previous waiver request that was um, on the agenda and um, from a lawyer and just wanted to emphasize the point that it was over four years ago when Tracy had an involvement in that development. She nor any DPH staff um, were directly part of the selection um, process, the scoring of applications in the selection process at that time or any point in time since then. 
Um, and I can confirm strongly how um, careful both she is and the DPH, Department of Public Health is in adhering to the processes that ensure fairness and impartiality by really restricting the roles that we can have as DPH staff. Um, see a couple more points is um, I think my second point is just related to the services that would Tracy would be providing through this short term um, opportunity. Um, it would be specifically to support um, this agency that provides critical services for the community right now and for the city of San Francisco, um, both in terms of HIV, hepatitis C, um, prevention, um, but also in related services um, for people who use drugs, which are one of the highest risk, risk populations. For these, um, the city's experiencing challenges um, in this area right now and really um, focusing services to support these individuals. And the San Francisco AIDS Foundation provides um, exemplary and critical services in support of the community by tracing, Tracy having the opportunity to support the agency short term while they're in a transition process with the vice president leaving her position, leaving their position. It will allow the AIDS Foundation to continue to provide um, these services that are so necessary um, for San Francisco and for the community. Um, and those are, yeah, just want to close by saying again, I strongly support Tracy. Um, oh, I'm sorry, one more point is I do see, I feel that it would be a hardship for the community, both because of what I was saying um, in terms of the specific community, but also because of um, the ability of the AIDS Foundation to continue to provide their services. So direct with community, indirect through the AIDS Foundation services. Um, I am strongly in support of this um, waiver being granted and hope that you will consider it. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Um, any other speakers? Okay, none. Public comment is closed. Any comments? You didn't call for public comment yet. Those were outside of public comment. Oh, my apologies. Public comments, please. Madam Chair, we have no callers in the queue. Okay. Uh, anyone else who wish to speak on this item? I see none. Any comments from uh, fellow commissioners? Okay, none. Uh, would anyone wish to make a motion? May I note that um, I <clears throat> it did expect there to be public comment. I was told there would be public comment, so I don't know if there's anyone there. Well, the moment she called the public comment closed, we have now we have three hands that have. Okay, why why don't we reopen? <laughs> okay, okay. we're yes. going to reopen public okay. comment. We have three standing by. Please stand by. First caller, welcome caller. Your three minutes begins now. Welcome, caller. Your three minutes begins now. Okay, Susanna, let's go to the next caller, please. Welcome, caller. Your three minutes begins now.
Caller, can you hear us? Can you hear me? Yes. Your three minutes begins now. Hi, uh, my name is Lara Honeybrook. I am the Chief Program Officer at San Francisco AIDS Foundation, and I'm calling in to support Tracy's request for a waiver so that she can work at San Francisco AIDS Foundation as a short-term consultant. San Francisco AIDS Foundation provides health, wellness, and social justice for communities most impacted by HIV through sexual health and substance use services, advocacy, and community partnerships. San Francisco AIDS Foundation envisions a future where health justice is achieved for all people living with or at risk for HIV. Ultimately, we strive for a day when race is not a barrier to health and wellness, substance use is not stigmatized, HIV does not determine quality of life, and HIV transmission is eliminated. Today, with more than 200 staff, SFAS serves an estimated 21,000 individuals annually through our direct service programs and more than three and a half million people via its public education efforts. I am transitioning from my role after seven years with the organization. In my current role, I lead substance use and behavioral health services, sexual health and clinical services, community engagement, harm reduction and syringe access services, case management, and more. As a part of my transition plan, I have been building a cadre of consultants to support the organization before and following my last day on September 1st, 2023. Ms. Packard's proposed consulting work would include leadership and people support and coaching, project prioritization and management, internal collaboration and communication efforts, and programmatic cohesion. I believe Tracy possesses the skills to support us during this time of transition. She has decades of experience in the HIV, sexual health, and public health space. She is passionate about this work. She possesses integrity and humility, and she is a systems and strategy thinker. She is a bridge builder, a problem solver, and an amazing tactician. Ms. Packer's experience would undoubtedly support the various teams I support as they move through my leadership transition and prepare for the work and changes ahead. I care deeply about SFAF and our community. A thoughtful transition is deeply needed in this moment for our board, staff, and clients. This role will support Dr. Tyler Termier in his second year at the helm of SFAF. Dr. Tyler Termier is the first CEO of color in the organization's history. As we move into the fifth year of our seven-year strategic plan, we need passionate leaders flanking and supporting Dr. Termier's vision of health justice for all. Tracy would be a tremendous asset to SFAF during this moment of transition. Thank you so much for your consideration. Okay. Okay, thank you. All right. We have one more caller in the queue. Please stand by. Welcome, caller. Your three minutes begins now. Good morning. My name is Dr. Tyler Termier, and um, you just heard from my colleague, Laura Honeybrook. I won't rehash the 40-year history and importance of San Francisco AIDS Foundation, which they so eloquently spoke about, but we'll say that we are in such a critical moment in our pandemic response to what's happening in California and across the country in our response to overdose crisis, to getting to zero new infections of HIV, and in our response to hepatitis in our communities. Um, as the first person of color to lead San Francisco AIDS Foundation in our 40-year history, it is incredibly important to me as a black gay man of color who has been 
leading uh, living with HIV for the last 40 years to have very knowledgeable, confident, um, relationship-oriented uh, individuals that bring a history of trust and integrity with our community uh, to the leadership table alongside me. And I have seen that in um, the trust and respect that Laura and other members of my team have had with Tracy um, and individuals that work in tandem with city and community in response to HIV in our community long before my time and tenure here. Um, to keep the forward momentum and getting to new infection, uh, getting to zero new infections, uh, we need people like Tracy. And I'm um, uh, hoping that this could be this waiver could be granted for a short-term consultant opportunity with San Francisco AIDS Foundation, rather than halting our efforts in the response but keeping the momentum moving. Thank you so much. Thank you. Any other callers? Madam Chair, we have no further callers in the queue. Okay, public comment is closed for agenda item number eight. Um, colleagues, do I entertain a motion either to grant or deny this waiver request? Um, I, I just want to add that um, Ms. Packer has mentioned that she was willing to volunteer uh, with the organization because now that she's retired and and um, she's receiving pension. So that, um, that really impacted me because as all of us have said, uh, this waiver uh, power is very, very sacred to us. So I am um, willing to make a motion not to grant this waiver request uh, specifically um, because the uh, petitioner had uh, suggested that she would continue as a volunteer uh, with this organization. Sure, Julie, could I just uh, speak to that? I want to make sure that the memo accurately reflected what um, Ms. Packer had said. Uh, I believe she had offered to uh, volunteer temporarily while the commission was making its determination, and uh, I don't believe she'd offered or commented about volunteering for the duration of what the term would be, so I just wanted to make sure that her opinion on that was uh, properly stated. Okay, I would just amend my motion uh, just not to uh, approve this waiver request. Um, do I have other motions? Commissioner Salahi? Yeah. Another motion? Um, <clears throat> This one's a tougher one, I have to say, and it's not a, it's not a reflection of uh, the possibility of undue influence or anything like that. I completely agree with you. Um, I, I'm very, I feel like I'm in a very reluctant position for this one uh, because it, it, if I understand the facts correctly, your role in the SFAF grant was limited to developing the, R, the RFP in 2019 but you didn't play any role whatsoever in reviewing applications or deciding who would receive the funds or the amounts of the funds. Yeah. Okay. I think, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. My apologies. I, I, I would move to approve the waiver request. Um, I agree with Chair Lee that the circumstances of hardship are uh, not quite as uh, clear here as with, uh, with the prior application. Um, however, uh, as I stated with the, in connection with the prior request, um, the discretion that we have 
to consider other relevant factors. One of those, in my view, is consideration of the hardship in light of uh, the possibility of an appearance of impropriety or favoritism in the process. And I'm, I'm just not seeing that on the latter part. And maybe that's a problem with our regulations, uh, uh, but I'm, I, I, I have some of those same due process concerns that were expressed earlier by Mr. Sutton that an employee's participation in something years ago might, might loom over, over their heads for some undeterminate period of time uh, based on circumstances that are totally out of their control. So uh, for those reasons, I would I'd vote to approve this, but I, but I do think this is an issue we need to take up in the future. So you're making a motion to grant her grant um, Ms. Parker the Ms. Packer the uh, waiver request. That's Do correct. I have a second? Um, I second um, Commissioner Salahi's motion, um, and that's I, I think it's very important. To, and my, my understanding is that this RFP, I mean, it would have been the contract would have been issued earlier if not for COVID. And I think that COVID has done enough harm. <laughs> and I think that this is the kind of situation where, in addition to this, you know, situation outside of uh, Ms. Packer's control and the fact that the drafting of the RFP seems pretty far removed, um, and I wouldn't necessarily call it, you know, substantial and personal involvement as outlined by the regulations. I, I again, torn. These are very waiver requests or. Um, very nuanced um, and very complicated, but I think that given the importance of your work and given the fact that it is a limited six-month um, position, I would grant the waiver. I would move to grant the waiver for that limited six-month position um, only. Okay, uh, so let's take a vote, please, on the motion that was seconded to grant the waiver. That uh, Commissioner Flores Fang. Aye. Motion to yes. Move to grant. Uh, yes, I'm sorry to uh, <laughs> to move forward with the request uh, the waiver request. Uh, Commissioner Salahi. Aye. Chair Lee. No. With two votes in the affirmative and one vote opposed. I, this is where I'm stuck, Brad. Deputy <laughs> City Attorney Brad Russ, yes, the motion fails. At this point, the commission could consider, consider uh, continuing the item to the next month to uh, provide an opportunity for Commissioner Finlev or perhaps the vacancy on the district attorney seat will be filled at that point. Because um, in that case, there, there would be potentially three votes in favor of the way of uh, Commissioner Salahi's motion. So I, I neglected to mention um, three votes are necessary to approve any motion. So uh, this motion failed. It will be continued at the future meeting um, for reconsideration. So thank you. Let's go to agenda item number eight. I think so. Is she able to comment? May I say anything? Oh, oh gosh, uh, sorry. Is that Please, okay? Go ahead. Okay, sorry. Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate all of your work on this. And um, I wanted to say two things. One is um, that I, I think it's really important. This is, I was appreciative of listening to um, Joanne Lee's experience as well, because I think um, as a city employee for so many years, we do gain a lot of experience that can be contributed to the city and county and to the improvement of health in my case, you know, and I think, um, I hope that you are able to look a little bit at the ethics um, rules, because I think it does hold back um, from this amazing experience that we've all had and applying it to the community. Um, and 
I then just also wanted to comment on um, continuing it till next month. That's great. But part of the reason that I had suggested that I would volunteer is because of the time issue, because um, Laura Honeybrooks is leaving, you know, as she mentioned, um, September 1st. So she's looking to close that gap. But we'll come back. And I um, appreciate your support and just wanted to share that understanding as well. Thank you so much. We'll see you in the next one. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Okay, let's go to agenda number nine, potential closed session item. Um, Today's agenda includes a proposed closed item, a session item under item nine for executive director recruitment. This item has been scheduled for the commission's discussion and possible action. For purposes of this item today, there are four steps involved. First, under item 9A, we will receive public comment on all matters pertaining to agenda item number nine, including whether to meet in closed session. Second, we will then vote on whether to meet in closed session under California Government Code Section 54957B1 and Administrative Code Section 67.10B to discuss the Executive Director recruitment. This will be an action item as noted in Item 9B. Third, in the closed session is if a closed session is held, the Commission will initiate that closed session meeting. Fourth, pursuant to Government Code Section 54957.1 and, and Administrative Administrative Code Section 67.12b, and as shown under agenda item, we will discuss and vote on the motion regarding whether or not to disclose any action taken or discussions held in closed session regarding this item. Do we have any questions regarding today's process? I see none. Um, so, uh, Mr. City Attorney, is there anything that you wish to add? No. None? Mm -hmm. Let's go to public comment on this item, please. Stand by. Madam Chair, we have no callers in the queue. Okay, public comment is closed, so do we have a vote to go into public comment to closed session? I'll move. Seconded. Okay. Sure. A motion has been made and seconded to proceed into closed session. I will now call the roll. Commissioner Flores Fang. Aye. Chair Lee. Aye. Commissioner Salahi. Aye. With three votes in the affirmative and zero votes opposed, the motion is approved unanimously. Thank you. We will now move to closed session. Can we take a
SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television.
SFGovTV. San Francisco. Good. All right, I'm going to take us out of here. Okay, we're recording again. Okay. Ready, right? Stephen Wiggle, please. Okay. okay, we are now back in public uh, session. I want to thank members of the public for your patience and continued engagement as we now resume our open session meeting. Commissioners, commissioners do I have a motion uh, not to disclose any action taken? A discussion held in closed session. Not to disclose. Okay. Second. Second. Okay. Uh, roll call, please. On the motion to not disclose closed session deliberations, I will now call the roll. Commissioner Flores Fang. Aye. Uh, Commissioner Salahi. Aye. Chair Lee. Aye. With three votes in the affirmative and zero votes opposed, the motion is approved unanimously. Okay, thank you. I want to uh, add that the executive search for the um, next executive director for this commission will continue and we will uh, be working with DHR um, to, uh, to the next step, which would include the publication of a uh, bid uh, request coming up soon. Okay. Um, any other comments? No, that's all, Commissioner. Okay. I would just add that the, the, the request that DHR is going to issue is for um, a new search firm, a new consulting firm. Okay, yes. Okay, thank you. Now let's proceed to agenda item number 10 which is uh, items for future meetings consideration. Colleagues, do I have any suggestions? Jinnar uh, Salahi. Yes, thank you, Chair Lee. I just have one following our discussion about the waiver requests earlier today and uh, some of the themes that emerged, um, particularly around the timing of an employee's uh, participation in a decision connected to an, a city contractor. Um, as well as the definition of extreme hardship. And what I would like to uh, request is putting at some point in the future on our agenda um, consideration of whether modifications to the commission's regulations might be appropriate and would love to hear the views of staff who play a role in this about the rationale for one, one approach or another 
in this and whether they're in light of uh, how the, the two waiver requests today were handled and future ones might come before us, um, whether it would be helpful to have more specific guidance there about how we construe the term extreme hardship um, and how we understand the term entered into a contract uh, to apply here. So why don't we have that scheduled for the next August meeting, um, assuming that we can have an alternate date so Commissioner Sahali could uh, make it otherwise We'll move it to the September meeting. Uh, based specifically, let's have a agenda item to uh, review the current waiver uh, process. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else? Okay. Thank you. Uh, public comment, please. Madam Chair, we have no callers in the queue. Okay. Let's go to agenda item 11, additional opportunity for general public comment. Madam Chair, we have no callers in the queue. Okay, agenda item number 12, adjournment, which is non-negotiable. So thank you very much, everybody, and happy Friday, and have a wonderful weekend.